0: Well, I can't believe it's the end of August already. Like, you know, a lot it seems like we were just having the the first picnic, which was at the end of June. and it seems like that was just a few weeks ago, but it's a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, yeah, the summer seems to have flown by, but lots of great things happening, and really, really excited about all the stuff that's going to be happening in the fall. This morning, God made it really clear that I'm to talk to us about blessing, and uh, it's really important this topic for us. I love it. God. If we allow God to lead us and we just pay attention to how he's leading us, he's speaking to us and leading us all the time. And uh, this week we met with a couple from Ottawa, from All Nations Church in Ottawa that was down visiting and they just started talking to us about blessing and God was like, pay attention to this. And then he actually walked away, he's like, this is what I want you to talk on on Sunday and this is something I want you to incorporate into the life of the church. And I'm like, okay, there we go. And uh, I will pay attention, Lord. And it was amazing as I was just starting to look into it, into the scriptures, and just how blessing is is something that we see from Old Testament right through the New Testament. And it's it's frankly not something I've talked about a whole lot before, but I realized the absolute importance of it because God's saying, hey, this is important for this next season. You know, and God just made it really clear to us. He's like, look, God wants to reach this city. He wants to reach the nations, but he's calling us here to reach, you know, the GTA, Ontario, beyond. It's why I've been speaking about the fact that, you know, we can reach in 11 years over a million people if all of us will have faith that we can disciple one person a year and teach them to do the same. You know? We'll reach over, um, over a million people if we do that. And this thing of blessing... Is actually a real important piece because the amazing thing is is it's not like we've got to figure out how to go how am I gonna find someone to disciple what we've got to do is be open saying yes God I say yes I'm willing to disciple one person a year send them to me open up my eyes to see and if we have the right posture, the right, the faith that God would do that, then we aren't the ones doing the work. We're just the ones that are open and ready for and for God to send the people that God would want to send. And, you know, blessing, I'm going to read a number of scriptures. So we're going to go, the scriptures will be up there on the screen. I will try to remember to send these notes out to people so you don't have to try to remember all the scriptures. So, uh, someone can remind me to send the notes, and I'll do that, and uh, you know, then you're not trying to write all this stuff down. But w- let's start at Exodus, you know? and Exodus 23:25. and the context for this is you've got the Israelites, they have come out of Egypt, you know, God's rescued them from slavery, they've miraculously crossed the Red Sea, they've gone out to the desert, they've been doing this now for like three months, and they are at Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, they're meeting with God and God calls Moses, who he's used to lead this millions of people out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he's leading them towards the promised land. And they get to this mountain and God's like, I'm going to meet with you here and give you some instructions. And he he gives them a number of instructions at that mountain. And this is one of them. And it's very small and very simple, but he says, worship the Lord, your God, And his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. None will miscarry or be barren in your land. And I will give you a full lifespan. What an incredible promise he gave to them. Worship the Lord your God. And his blessing will be on your food and water. He He will take away sickness from among you. And none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. Now, that's one instance of blessing. We see in Deuteronomy, verse 30, 16, it says, For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws, and then you will live and increase. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. Number six, 22 to 27. This is a, a scripture we've all became very familiar with in the pandemic because there was a song called The Blessing that was sung around the world as people were panicked over what was gonna be happening. This change in all of our lives, suddenly the world locked down and this bl- song You know, just went around that's based on these scriptures. And here, again, this is, they're still in the desert. And the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Then it says, so they will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. May the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, be on us. That we would experience his blessing on each and every one of us. By us, the amazing thing about this side of the cross is that we enter the blessing of God through Jesus Christ, you know, not by our own effort, not by our own works, but we see a pattern here that's like, hey, where does the blessing come from? By following God in obedience of his ways, by putting our trust totally in him. Do we believe that we are a people who will be blessed because we follow Jesus? Do we have faith for that? Do we have faith that following Jesus in his ways, walking in obedience to the Lord, will give us more blessing than walking in the ways of the world? And I, I pose that to us as a rhetorical question that we ask God. Like God, is there anywhere in my life where I'm actually not trusting in you? Because I, I want your blessing in every area of my life. Proverbs 16.20 says, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. So, it was very interesting, because we this week, we have this discussion about blessing with this couple. And they just felt, they said, look, we just really feel this is God, there's a journey God's been taking us on, we want to share it with you. And they just sat for an hour and told us about this. And... Uh, then in the afternoon, I walked into a situation, and fortunately, the conversation didn't initially happen with me, but where someone had a conversation with my wife, and basically saying, you know, I'm looking forward to harming people that you care about. I'm, I'm having to paraphrase the conversation, you know, but they were like, yeah, we, you know, and, and unfortunately, this person would say that they're a believer, And they were, you know, talking about how they were taking delight in the fact that through some actions of themselves and others, they felt that their version of justice was be done and people that we cared about would get hurt. And I'm glad that conversation didn't happen with me because I'm not sure I would have had the grace for it. My wife handled it very well and then told me about it. And my reaction in my heart was not very good initially. I'm like, oh my goodness but I watched God turn something around. Because the first thing he turned around was my own heart. And he's like, remember that conversation on blessing. I want you to bless them. Bless them. And do not curse them. Bless them. You know, love your enemy. Bless them. Like, okay, Lord, I will do that. And subsequently... God took this situation and allowed it to have some amazing conversations with people and bring people a little step closer to God, you know, that the people that were wanting to be harmed, you know, by blessing and not cursing, these people that they want to harm able to actually take another step forward with them, which was amazing. And, you know, and as I look at scripture, it says this is exactly what's supposed to happen. If we look at Psalm thirty-one verse nineteen, it says, "But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you." That is not Psalm thirty-one nineteen. That's actually Luke six twenty-seven to twenty-eight. My notes are mislabeled. <laughs> there we go. You know, scratch that. Psalm thirty-one nineteen. I don't know. Rave it was up on the screen and you know all what it said as I was reading the wrong thing, you know? The um, Proverbs 18.21 in the message version of the Bible says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit, you choose. And again, Luke 6.27.28, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Words of Jesus, who did that very thing. I'm going to read a longer section of Scripture, and I'm really letting Scripture speak to us this morning, and hopefully the Holy Spirit speaking to us through those Scriptures. Romans 12, verses 9 to 21. Love in action is... The title we put on this section of scripture, it says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Do not repay evil with evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That heaping burning coals on their head is not a negative thing. It's not like, ah, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them if I do this. You know? It's, I'll go into a longer explanation of it in a, in a next week. But that heaping burning coals is actually, you're, you're actually giving them a blessing. You're giving them a blessing. It's a wonderful thing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for every single person in this world. You now, he wants, God wants everyone to come to him. And like Jesus said, he's like, look, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's how my father in heaven is. And then he, this is in Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount Matthew. And he, he says, the rain falls on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And so when, when, when be like your father in heaven, love your enemy. Loving your enemy—the wonderful thing about love, right? When we see in one Corinthians thirteen, it talks about love, and it says it doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It's one of the aspects of love. So loving your enemy doesn't mean I'm okay with what they're doing. I doesn't mean I'm, I, I think this is a good thing, and I'm a deserving of this, or stuff along those lines. It's despite them doing what they're doing. It's like Timothy, while he's being uh, not t- yeah, no, not Timothy, Stephen, while he's being stoned, going. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, people mistreat us. We mistreat one another because we don't know what we're doing. You know, I mean, There's all kinds of different reasons. But if we can let God sort all that out, and, you know, he did the most sorting out at the cross with Jesus. You know, where Jesus paid the price once and for all for sin. And if, if the kindness of God is what leads us to repentance, then we can freely bless people knowing that God knows more than us and he is way better at sorting this whole big mess out than we are. As Christians, may we be not afraid that we're going to get taken advantage of, but may, be, may we be known for our kindness and our love. May we be known to bless those that would persecute us. Those that would mistreat us. Was that what you're known for? And if you're, you know, and I've had to examine my own life at different times. I went through a real, like, moment. Uh, no, that moment was like a couple of years. It wasn't a moment, right? I went through a period where God, where I came to this realization, you know, after about five years of full time ministry, where I'm like, my life does not reflect Jesus. And I need to change that. Like I need to change that. Not just because I'm in ministry, but if I'm going to follow Jesus, my knife needs to look like Jesus. And right now it looks more like the world because I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm demanding, I'm these different things. I'm not that I, I in one hand, I'm loving, but on the other hand, there's these negative characteristics and I need to deal with those things. And there's, we can follow the advice of the world there's all kinds of it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of advice of the world that you'll find in Christian stuff as well. And we've got to sort it against Scripture. And Scripture says, love your enemy. Scripture says, bless those that curse you. Scripture says, if someone asks you to walk one mile with them, you know, as a, as a punishment, walk with them two miles. If someone asks you for your shirt, give them your coat as well. Now, the world would say, well, that's being taken advantage of. You can't do that and things along these lines. Where does our sustenance come from? Does it come from our own efforts or the world or do we trust God for it? Do I trust God that if I give that coat away and my shirt as well, he's going to provide me another one? Or am I like, man, I worked so hard to get that. How am I going to work hard enough to get it again? Am I going to trust God that if I bless this person who may be mistreating me or maybe like doing something that's frustrating me or whatever it may be or harming me, if I bless them, that God can now work? It's the absolute difference of whether we're going to be the ones that try to be in control or whether God is in control. Will we walk in obedience to him or are we going to do things our way? And God is interested in every area of our lives. He's interested in your work, in your school, if you're in school, your family, your friends, your neighborhood. If we will bless those around us, then God's power is going to flow. You know, because God works that way. We cannot operate with an Old Testament mindset because we're not in the Old Testament. Our job is not to curse. Our job is not to condemn our job, is to, our job is not to judge. Way too often, there's in the Christian world, people going around saying, Oh, you know, this person's a false prophet. This person is bad. This person's this. This person's that. That is, not, that is someone operating in the wrong spirit. Jesus would rebuke that person if they were a disciple of his. Yeah. Jesus, re- you see the scriptures. You see when his disciples did that? Jesus rebuked them and said, you do not know the spirit you are operating in. You do not know the spirit. Again, people can be well-meaning, you know, just maybe had some wrong teaching. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying it is not biblically right. It is not correct. Do not be one of those people. Our job is not to judge and condemn, especially when dealing with the world. Our job is to reflect the love of Jesus, To demonstrate this father in heaven that loves you know and i say this not to condemn any of us because you know if uh, one of the biggest things that i struggled with especially when i was in that place where i'm like you know on one side i'm loving and on the other side i'm not is that i really didn't understand how much god loved me and how much he'd forgiven me and until we know the love of god for ourselves it's really difficult the thing i'm saying seems like grates at our nerves Because we're afraid. We're afraid that somehow we're going to lose out. That somehow God won't be there for us in the moment of need. That that God isn't maybe as good as he says he is. And that he won't bless us. So to truly live this, we've got to be convinced that he wants to bless us and that he's good. We've got to be convinced of that we've got to be convinced that he is more than enough. I mean, it's crazy when you read the Old Testament stories, because these Israelites, they they had the witness of God doing all these incredible things, and yet they kept turning away from him. These promises that they're like, yes, we'll follow you. And, you know, and then, you know, a couple years later, completely abandoning him. It's so easy for our hearts to drift. It's easy for our hearts to drift. If, if we don't really trust that God's there. And you look at what happens, right? They watch God do miracles. They're like, yeah, God's amazing. Then they come up against something and it seems like too big for them to handle. And then they're afraid God won't do the same thing again. I don't know, I I found myself in that place many times. I found myself in that place many times. And I've had to, again, not beat myself up and condemn myself for that. But to recognize, thank goodness I'm not living in the Old Testament and God's not condemning me. His kindness and his love is leading me to repentance. I need to repent and I need to get a better understanding of his love for me and learn to trust that more than anything else. And that we can truly bless. Two more scriptures. 1 Peter 3, 9 Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Isn't that incredible? Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called. You were called. Say, what am I called to? Well, the one thing, you are called to replay evil with blessing. You're, we're all, this is for all of us. To this you were called. Why? So that you may inherit a blessing. One thing in scripture that's so important. Well, there's so many things. I shouldn't say one thing in scripture. It's a saying. Something I want to bring to our attention and what you sow, you reap. This is a saying. Hey, if you want to repay evil with evil, you will reap that in your life. If you want to curse people, you will reap the curse back. Yeah. Because, not because God's punishing you, but because that's the way he's set the spiritual world works. But if we will bless, if we will bless when evil's done to us, we'll reap a Blessing. You know, we're called to that. We're called to advance the kingdom by blessing people, by blessing them. One last scripture, two Corinthians six nine six to eleven. Again, you know, it's a typical one we bring out when we're talking about tithing or giving or stuff along those lines. But I want to context this with blessing, okay? Not because the principle is the same. It says remember this it's paul writing and he says remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver and god is able to bless you abundantly So that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it's written, they freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. You know, let's insert a different word. Remember this, whoever blesses sparingly will also be blessed sparingly. And whoever blesses generously will also be blessed generously. Each of you should bless, you know, what you've decided, decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That thing, it's like, God, I hate this person, but I'm going to bless him. You know how awful this person is stuff. but you said bless them well the lord i'll bless them but i don't really want to bless them and i really don't like them huh. our hearts it's so important we may start there to be honest you know some of stuff can be a starting point where it's like you yeah, that's the only thing i can do okay but where we want to be is that we truly desire the best that we when we when we can say God, you know, honestly, once I sorted my heart out this on Thursday about this situation, I'm like, God, I really do want these people to encounter you. I really do want the best for them, and I really do want them to know you. And the only reason they would be doing this is because they don't. And so, Lord, I I can bless them from that place. That despite what they would intend to do, I'll bless them you know, and leave this in your hands to protect and to move and to do. What is blessing? Well, the most thing is it's literally just very simply. It's being able to go, like, in the name of Jesus, I bless this person. That they would be healthy, that they would be whole, that they would experience abundant life in you, Lord Jesus, that they would come to know you. That is blessing. It's wanting the best for those people. And we can truly do that when we no longer fear that someone getting something means I'm going to lose. That I'm going to lose something. There is abundant resource in the kingdom. Spiritual resource, all resource. So may we bless and not curse. And with this, we're going to practice. I want you, you know, let's all stand up. I'm, I'm going to bless you from down here. And then what I'm going to ask you to do is bless someone around you. You know, to take a moment and pray a blessing over them. It doesn't need to be long. So, Lord, I bless all the people here in the room and all the people watching online Lord, I bless them that they would know you more and more and more. That they would be able to obey you in every way because they know your love for them and that your ways far outweigh the ways of the world. I bless them, Lord, that they would prosper, that they would prosper abundantly in every area of their life, spiritually, materially, and most importantly, in love. May our relationships with one another abound more and more. And, Je- and may J- Jesus, you be at the center of everything we do. I bless you. Amen. Do that for one and Take a couple minutes before we leave and do that for one another right now. Okay? Whatever blessing you feel to pray over that person.